0: Welcome to Double Truck Stories, the home to some of the best features, investigations, and character portraits from across ESPN. I'm Mike Philbrick, your new host for the Double Truck Stories podcast. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our former host, Justin Ellis, for all his work getting this podcast off the ground and setting such a high standard for all of us to live up to. Thanks, Justin. On November 22nd, 2012, the New England Patriots traveled to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets in an AFC showdown. On Thanksgiving Day, despite the Jets' 4-6 record coming into the game, this Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez-led team had proven to be a formidable opponent for the Patriots. Not only did they knock them out of the 2010 playoffs, but just one month prior, the Patriots needed overtime to get by the Jets. And that game was in Foxborough, where the Patriots never seemed to lose. Simply put, this was must-watch holiday television. That would all change in just under a minute. Seconds, even. After a Patriot touchdown made the score 14-0, New England kicked off, and the Jets started off well enough with a Sanchez pass resulting in a Jet first down. Then the next play, it happened, and by it, I'm referring to what scientists would call the gluteus maximus amitere, or its more commonly known name, the butt fumble. You've seen it; we've all seen it. But how well do you know it? Do you know what was supposed to happen? Do you know who made it happen? For all those answers, stick around after the story for my conversation with Dave Fleming to talk about how one play has created a legacy for all the wrong reasons. Now we present Long Live the Butt Fumble by David Fleming.
1: It's November 22nd, 2012, a crisp, still Thanksgiving night inside MetLife Stadium. Surrounded by 79,000 fans, Mark Sanchez crouches confidently under center at the 31-yard line, his team down 14 to nothing, with 9-10 to play in the second quarter. For a split second, while staring across at the Patriots' defense and waiting for the snap on first down, everything is still possible for Sanchez and the Jets. The game is still up for grabs. A captive national audience is still tuned in. Sanchez still has franchise quarterback potential. Rex Ryan is still the mastermind, who will guide New York's other football team out of a four-decade malaise. And then, everything changes. Sanchez opens to his left, and fullback Lex Hilliard, who was supposed to get the handoff, flashes by on his right. Sanchez's momentum carries him five yards into the backfield, where he pivots in his black throwback high-top cleats and begins blindly sprinting toward the chaos at the line of scrimmage. With each step, a perfect storm begins to form, of characters, setting, audience, nomenclature, and the burgeoning power of social media that will produce a blunder of such magnitude that it would survive the ultimate benchmark for the greatest bloopers in sports, the test of time. It all went wrong when Sanchez turned the wrong way, Ryan says. That was the first indication that it was going to be a bad play, but we had no idea it was going to be a disaster. In mere seconds, The history of the Jets cleaves into two distinct eras. Everything before butt fumble, BBF, and everything after butt fumble, ABF. And to commemorate its fifth anniversary, ESPN now presents the definitive oral history of the best, worst play in football. We begin with the play. Greg McElroy, Jets' third-string quarterback in 2012. We had a simple fullback dive called, 30 dive. Our halfback dive was called 20 dive. All of Mark's steps and footwork were great, but for 20 dive. The actual play was to the right, though. Mark got under center, had a little snafu, and was thinking 20 dive. Just open to the left and hand it to the halfback. That's when he realized the halfback had already flared out. The fullback had gone through the hole, and it was actually 30 dive. Lex Hilliard, Jets fullback. It was botched from the beginning. I was supposed to get the ball on that play. 30 dive happens so quick, when you open up and the ball's not there, you know something went bad. Rex Ryan, Jets head coach. You always teach a quarterback, don't make a bad play worse. Well, we made it worse. I don't know what Sanchez was doing, man. It was just a disaster. When everybody's blocking it a certain way and you go the other way, That's a bad combination. Joe Namath, Hall of Fame Jets quarterback. After the game. It's mind-boggling. Are your eyes closed? You don't see where you're going? I don't know. I really can't relate to that. I just can't tell you what's going on in Mark's mind when he admits to having thought of another play when he turned out the wrong way. I don't know where his head is, man. Mike Carey, NFL referee, officiated the game. They were zone blocking, so there was just no hole anywhere. My primary job is to watch the quarterback. Sanchez's mind was racing with the thought of, how can I get out of this? And he had tunnel vision, looking for a tiny rabbit hole to escape through. He was going to cut it back or slide, and he got caught in indecision. And bang, he runs into the biggest, most obvious thing right in front of him. Steve Gregory, Patriots Safety. We were in a three deep zone coverage and based off the formation, we're going to drop one of the safeties into run support. It happened to be me. You can read the quarterback. Mark turned around with this look of panic. Like, what do I do now? I'm coming down for run support, keeping the ball on my inside shoulder and he probably sees me and he tries to cut it back up inside. McElroy. Mark follows the fullback and our fullback kind of sold down on the play. And then Vince Wilferk, literally throws our guard, Brandon Moore, right at Mark, and I mean hard. Mark was kind of jogging, and it was Moore getting thrown into Mark, which caused him to go backward and the ball to become dislodged. It was like getting punched in the face by a 300-pound glove. People who know the game saluted Wilfork for what he did as much as they condemned Mark. Wilfork was unbelievable. Such a beast. Ryan. I get pissed about this play because Brandon Moore's in it. For a lot of years, he was probably the best guard in football, and nobody had heard of him. He was legit. That year, that offseason, he had literally had both hips replaced. Probably never should have played, but he did. He gutted it out. On that play, Brandon does a great job. Gets his block, knocks the guy off, and then Sanchez turns the wrong way. I don't think people realize what a good guard he was. They just remember he's the guy that had the butt fumble. Rich Samini, ESPN's Jets beat reporter. That's going to be in Moore's football bio, the butt fumble. And I know Brandon just hates it. It's unfair that he's linked to that. He's a proud, stubborn, grouchy guy, and he was offended by it. He called it the weirdest play he had ever seen and complained about how the littlest things turn into internet sensations. But he has not come around the Jets at all since he retired. It's weird. Gregory. It's what came first, the chicken or the egg? Moore's getting driven back. Sanchez has his eyes closed running forward, and there's a collision. Wilfrick was a man-child out there, especially in run support, and he just drove that lineman back, and Sanchez somehow found Brandon Moore's butt as a landing spot. Mark face-planted into the back of Brandon Moore's butt. Then came the impact. Samini. It was a big target, though. Brandon had a pretty big butt. Carrie. Sanchez just went weightless. The collision was really hard. Think about running into a brick wall that's almost 700 pounds of force. That will knock the sense out of anybody. John Brenkus, ESPN's sports science host. They collided with more than 1,300 pounds of force. That's more than 10 times the force needed to cause a fumble. Samini. As soon as it happened... I turned to ESPN writer Ian O'Connor and said, I can't believe this, but I think he just ran into his ass. So we all watched the replay and it was like, yep, he really did. I've covered the Jets for 29 years, and this was the craziest thing I've ever seen. People were just aghast in the press box. Even the Patriots writers. Mark Sanchez, speaking in 2012. It's embarrassing. You screw up the play and I'm trying to do the right thing. It's not like I'm trying to force something. I start to slide, and I slide in the worst spot I possibly could, right into Brandon Moore. That sucked. Brinkus. Moving at nearly 10 miles per hour, Sanchez spots the safety covering the outside lane. As he changes his vector to an inside lane, he realizes a collision is imminent, and instinctively raises his arm to brace for impact. This leaves the ball vulnerable. Samini. If that had happened today, he'd be in concussion protocol. There was some concern about his neck or whiplash or something, but he played the rest of the game and it was actually one of his better games of the year. Mark had a passer rating over 90, although no one will remember that part. Carry. Mark goes straight down, flops onto the ground. His body language was, God, I wish I could disappear. Just total despair. He felt completely helpless. Someone was pinned on his legs and his upper body was open, so I thought he'd reach for the ball, but then he just kind of flopped over, head straight down into the turf, arms straight out. It was total despair. The play only escalated after the fumble. Gregory, I'm dropping down and I couldn't really tell where Sanchez was because you've got these big guys in front of you and you're trying to figure out where the ball is. I come around the left side and all of a sudden I'm standing there and the ball is just bouncing in front of me. I scoop it up and start running. It's almost like it happens in slow motion. You don't hear the crowd. You're just cruising into the end zone going, what the heck just happened? Did I really just score? I'm a guy who grew up in New York City. All my friends and people I grew up with are mostly Jets fans. To have that type of play and that type of game in my own backyard, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Sanchez, in 2012. I guess I was more stunned than anything. It was just like a car accident. I was like, whoa, what just happened? The ball is gone? It was weird, man. Hilliard. None of us knew it was off the butt. We just thought it was a regular fumble. Experiencing these plays is a lot different on the field as a player. You don't see it over and over like you do on TV. You know something bad happened by the sound of the crowd. And this time, the crowd just erupted. And I looked up at the jumbotron, and the ball's going the other way. He was gone. All our receivers and backs are downfield, and we have all of our backs to the play. No one was catching him. He was already prancing in the end zone when I finally turned to see what had actually happened. Stephen Gregory Sr. We were in the stands, screaming and jumping up and down. And before he even got to the end zone, we were all yelling, He's going to get the Madden turkey leg! Hilliard. On the sideline after the play, I started thinking, was it my fault? Did I go the wrong way? Everyone's going over what the play call was and eliminating whose fault it was. The last thing you want to do is have it be your fault, especially on a play like that. You're embarrassed by it. And Mark, bless his heart, he took the brunt of the heat on the whole deal. Then came the worst part. The aftermath. Ryan. I've had my butt kicked several times, but that was the worst. I coached for 30 years. That was the worst quarter in history of my coaching career, and there's been some bad ones, not even close to that one. It was brutal. Manish Mehta, NFL columnist, New York Daily News. It was like an explosion. The Patriots scored 21 points on the Jets in 52 seconds. I don't think you can score that much that fast in Madden, let alone in real life. The Patriots scored 35 points in the second quarter without having the ball for three minutes. And the Jets committed three turnovers in a single quarter. How is that even possible? Chris, Mad Dog Russo, radio personality. It makes the Jets look stupid. It makes the Jets look inept. It makes them look like Abbott and Costello. And for a franchise that hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 1969, it's... It's fitting is what it is. Carey, you start to wonder at that point, when is the stadium going to fall in on the Jets, too? Samini. After the three touchdowns in 52 seconds, which I'm pretty sure is still a record, the NBC cameras cut Rex saying unbelievable on the sidelines. Ryan. Not one of my prouder moments. Gregory. Bill Belichick doesn't smile that often, but I think he smiled a little bit on that play. I bet he went home, saw the play on TV, and chuckled a little bit about it. Semini Legendary Jets superfan Fireman Ed used to wear a Sanchez jersey to games. That night, he left the game at halftime. After the butt fumble, he said the ridicule was too much. He stopped. He said he just couldn't do the Fireman Ed thing anymore. Fireman Ed I have no interest in talking about the butt fumble. I don't talk negative about the Jets to people other than real Jets fans. McElroy the Tim Tebow factor added something to it, too. People wanted Mark to fail just because they were rooting for Tebow. People were chanting for Tebow by the end of that quarter, sure. But really, that had been going on the whole season. Mark was such an easy target. The handsome, cool guy from Southern California doing a spread for GQ. I think the world of Mark. Everyone loved Mark on that team. But I don't know if Joe Fan ever loved Mark. I know lots of people love to hate him. Of course... With Twitter and Vines and GIFs just getting started, it was the perfect amount of video time to share and a way for social media trolls to flex their muscle and put it in as many different forms as possible and spread it as far as humanly possible. Ted Spiker, journalism professor, University of Florida. At that point, Sanchez was a lightning rod for criticism and embarrassment. So he was ripe to be the main character in something like this. If Peyton Manning does it, he probably turns it into an endorsement deal for underwear. Sanchez, speaking in 2014. People always talk about it being such a rocky road in New York. But people seem to forget that the first couple of years, we had the world by the tail. We're knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. We were so close. And then, boom. Samini. I refer to it in my copy the next day as the butt fumble, lowercase b and lowercase f. I don't know when it became butt fumble with capital B and capital F, but the next time I wrote about it, on November 28th, it was officially butt fumble. Spiker. This was about the time when things on social media were really just peaking. It was the confluence of a bunch of factors that are really social media gold, and so many of those just made butt fumble explode. Social media really rewards the extreme and the unusual. And Chris Collinsworth even said it during the broadcast. Something like, I've never seen something like this before. Obviously, the body part is a huge piece of the puzzle too. It dealt with a body part that is a universal punchline. Dave Blezo, Associate Sports Editor, New York Post. We're looking for the picture that will best tell the story on the back page. Of course, there was a picture of Mark Sanchez's face smashing into Brandon Moore's backside with the ball coming out. And that goes on first. Sometimes, the picture determines what you can say in a headline. Josh Egerman, Night Sports Editor, New York Post. We'll start sort of spitballing some headline ideas, and, and we knew pretty much any headline we picked had to have the word butt in it. Rump roast, butt of the joke. But ultimately, we went with butt ugly. Sanchez, in 2014. New York is sensationalized media. It's best or worst. There's no in-between. There's no one who is just an average player. You're either a bum or you're Babe Ruth, Derek Jeter, or Joe Namath, and that's it. You can't harbor it inside you either, because that can be deadly too. You just have to let it go. Ryan. You sit back, you probably have a drink or two, and then you're like, flush that one away and get on to the next game. At the time, I never realized it was going down as the worst play in NFL history. As soon as they coined it butt fumble, that was when you knew the play was going to live on and on and on. Spiker. Butt fumble. Rhythmically and poetically, it works really nice. McElroy. That next week, watching the film with our QB coach Matt Cavanaugh, it was like, look, it happens. Secure the football next time. Let's move on. But we had already started to realize what a big deal it was and the huge reaction to it. It was a turning point. Hilliard, we couldn't get away from it. That's all we heard about. Butt fumble this and butt fumble that. It was everywhere. Sanchez in 2014. The butt fumble? So what? People screw up. And that happened to be a huge screw up on a huge holiday when everyone is watching football. So it's like, okay, so what? You still got to play. You got to be like that. It would be such a shame to let something like that ruin everything else. Why? It became a low-hanging fruit for people to grab at. People who didn't know football or who just wanted to say something. It was like, yeah, yeah, good one. Okay, you got me. And finally, the legacy. Meta. The play was a microcosm of Sanchez's career. He ultimately never mastered the most important element of playing quarterback in the NFL. Ball security. Samini. Mark handled it really well. He took full responsibility for it. He tried to laugh it off at first. But butt Fumble signaled the end of the Mark Sanchez era with the Jets. It took on a life of its own. Mark comes from a great family, and one day his brother texted me and said, When is enough enough? When are you guys going to let it go? Gregory. It was shown on TV every day for that entire year. If you go anywhere, it could be a restaurant, a movie theater... You could be at a charity event on a golf course. It doesn't matter where you are. It's like a Jeopardy question now. As soon as the trivia comes up, hey, remember the butt fumble? But guess what? Who was the guy that scored on that play? Well, you're looking at him right here. Kevin Nagandi, Sports Center anchor. That highlight just represented the worst of the worst perfectly. It was number one on our Sports Center, not top 10, for going on 20 weeks. And I remember thinking, this thing is never going to lose. After 40 weeks, the powers that be made the decision to retire it. They saw that the butt fumble was an unstoppable force and we had to take matters into our own hands. Think about it. 40 weeks. We were coming back around to the next football season. You're talking about awful baseball plays, the entire NBA season, bad college football plays awful soccer plays, even a few own goals, and for 40 weeks of our not top 10, the butt fumble outlasted more than 400 bad plays. If we hadn't retired butt fumble, that play was going to last for a while, a long while. Put it this way, no other blooper has its own name. McElroy. It might have bothered him, but Mark never really made it known. If anything, all he said was, I can't believe I did that. Mark's very caring, very respectful, and wants to please everybody. He was young, too. 26. Dealing with adversity for the first time in his career, and being in New York overwhelmed him. It broke all of our hearts for him. Spiker. Social media has really capitalized on the idea of image as a metaphor for life. You can sum up your entire existence and your complicated feelings in, like, four seconds. So now... The butt fumble can describe your Monday or getting rejected at work. Butt fumble has lived on because of that power we put in vines and gifts to define our lives for us in four simple seconds. Gregory. When Thanksgiving rolls around, here comes 50 or 60 text messages all from my buddies. Remember the butt fumble? Thanksgiving is butt fumble. Every Thanksgiving, we reenact the butt fumble. Usually my wife plays Mark Sanchez. I play me, we line up my father as an offensive lineman, and we take my mother and put her on the defensive line. She knocks my dad back, my wife runs into him, she fumbles, I pick it up, and score. Then we go eat turkey. Oh, come on. I'm joking. We don't do that. Ryan, as soon as you say Mark Sanchez, people think butt fumble. But we did win a few games together. Sanchez was a good quarterback. He just had a horrible moment. Mark won more playoff games than any quarterback in Jets history, and that includes Joe Namath. Everybody has a bad moment in their career that you'd like to forget, but this one, because of the way it was labeled and the disaster that the play turned out to be, unfortunately, this one lives on and probably always will. Samini. Jets fans kill me every time I make a butt fumble reference. When are you going to let it go? But you can't let the butt fumble go. It's part of the legend. It's part of the Jets lore. Forever. Sanchez, in 2014. I ran into a guy's butt, fumbled, and the Patriots scored. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, too, so that wasn't cool. It was a bummer. Ryan, is there anything else I'd like to add? Hell no. Gregory, see you at the 50th anniversary.
0: Dave Fleming joins us now through the magic of technology from Charlotte, North Carolina. Dave, welcome and thanks for taking the time.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, always great to whenever we can talk about the butt fumble. <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, definitely got emotional hearing that story again a couple times, and it was interesting who would and would not talk to you. I know that you were able to talk with Rex Ryan, Coach Rex Ryan. Uh, tell us about your interactions with him and how he was willing to talk about him. He was there on the sidelines clearly from the piece 80 times over. He reiterated how that wasn't one of his best days.
1: Yeah. He wanted to make it clear, right. That uh, he didn't actually call a play called the butt fumble. Um, (laughs) I think it's funny after five years that we, people still want to clarify that. But um, yeah, I flew up to interview him in uh, uh, one of the buildings on campus at, at ESPN before he did some NFL work and I think to give you a pretty good idea of how a lot of the Jets and Jets fans are still feeling about the butt fumble, uh, as they were miking up Rex, um, you know, I thanked him for being there and I, I told him we would we would try and we're sorry for bringing this back up. And he just mumbled, well, this is a discussion you're forcing me into. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, what's funny is that ended up being pretty much, as far as the Jets are concerned... That was kind of the attitude every single jet person had. They it's been five years and I am happy to report that they have not been able to find any sense of humor uh, in this catastrophic play.
0: So it's sort of like the butt fumble for the Jets is like the fight club of the Jets.
1: Yes, the first rule of butt fumble is don't don't, don't talk about yeah. butt fumble. Yeah, I get the feeling they are at their whenever they're getting together, they're laughing about it. But uh, they seem to have sort of sworn an oath um, to try and downplay it moving forward. But um, when they see what we produce, they're going to realize that that's impossible. I mean, it's the greatest. It is. It's. It's in the discussion, I think, for the greatest sports blooper ever. And so <laughs> it's never going away, no matter how much uh, Fireman Ed or Nick Mangold or Bart Scott or any of these guys uh, refuse to take my phone calls. The uh,
0: the, the ski jumper from the old why sports agony of defeat should call Mark or like at least send him like a Christmas fruit basket. Like, thank you very much. You have now relegated my horrific crash that used to be on every Sunday as the agony of defeat to now second-class status.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way for that to top butt fumble is if Eddie the Eagle lands on someone's backside after <laughs> the wipeout. So um, it is, I mean, I think the other thing, too, that we explored to try and find some, some new, fresh material with the butt fumble is it's actually kind of fascinating uh, the, how technology and social media really played a role in, in blowing this thing up Uh, beyond any other sports blooper. I mean, it was right in 2012 was right when people were starting to sort of share videos through social media, uh, where people were starting to watch games uh, together through social media. And it just so happened that uh, the world's greatest sports blooper that involved a 300-pound lineman's backside uh, took place within the span of six seconds that everybody could then share on on their phone.
0: Exactly. That's to, to your point. Not just the social media, but the technology, the actual physical technology, where you could clearly share this. You could, like this actually didn't even take up enough memory to be too big of a text message. I mean, any platform you chose, you could see this.
1: Yeah, and all of a sudden you start uh, when you realize I, I didn't I didn't get the timing at first, but apparently the 2012 Olympics. Uh, According to the social media experts I talked to, that was when it really became, you know, sharing the sports experience through social media really became a thing and started making these moments even bigger. Um, But you can, it's just, you couldn't script it any more perfect for something to share with somebody who, oh, you've had a bad day. Watch the butt fumble or uh, you got fired here. Butt fumble. Um, You're a Jets fan. uh, Here's butt fumble 50 times on on Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's just that you're saying it's just with it was the perfect storm, perfect cocktail to have the depending on what side of it you're on, the perfect or worst legacy.
1: Yeah, it's remarkable, really, if you think about it. And it's—I think maybe these moments in sports are. are I, I bet if you if you dissected uh, all the bloopers in sports, they probably all have these sort of perfect storm moments where it's like you've got a huge audience and it's captive because it's Thursday night. It's sorry, Thanksgiving night. Um, it's the you know it's the Rex Ryan sort of loudmouth Jets mm-hmm. uh, against the the hated Patriots. Um, it's Mark Sanchez, who people are sort of, I think, enjoy rooting against. Um, and it's the sort of burgeoning power of social media. It's it's you take away one of those elements and it's it's not the butt fumble. Um, and, you know, I mean, the name itself is is just it's just perfectly repeatable. And who doesn't enjoy saying butt fumble?
0: <laughs> no. I know Patriot Safety, Steve Gregory, he he closed the piece jokingly saying to you, see you at the 50th anniversary. <laughs> now, what, do you think it makes it that long? Or, I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, but if you had to use, like, your Mad Libs knowledge of all things NFL, like, what would need to happen to replace it? Like, if you could just take all the spare parts of, like, the worst plays ever, the most ridiculous things, what would, what would need to happen to replace that?
1: Okay, well, first, though— we need to make you need to make a vow to me on record that when we do get to the fiftieth anniversary you will we will do another podcast from my uh nursing home um so that i can so that we can do a fiftieth anniversary podcast of of the butt fumble but i I need you to vow to me that you'll find me and
0: uh, find you we're gonna be roommates <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs>
1: There's we're gonna me. like uh, <laughs> we're,
0: we're gonna reenact it for people every year in the dining hall yep yep we like help. people like i'll you know people will be using like those shuffleboard po- like you know big wands will be pushing each other yeah okay oh believe me i i won't need to look far
1: okay because i the minute gregory said that i was already sort of doing the math in my head going yeah okay you know if i if i eat right and I stay healthy <laughs> so
0: so so you, you immediately went and bought the tb12 method book
1: I mean, this it, has given a whole new meaning to my life. I need to stick around. I need to be there for the 50th anniversary.
0: Yeah. Like, there are some people who are like, you know, like, I need to be there for the 50th anniversary of D-Day. And then Dave's like, eh, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is way more compelling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I got off track there. But yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, we did, a lot of people we talked to... Um, we asked them about sort of where butt fumble ranks and I'm just not sure there's anything that will, uh, that honestly, that will ever compete with it. Um, the, the, the journalism professor and the social media expert from the university of Florida was, I mean, he was really adamant about, you know, it's sort of this, uh, the part of the body that you can, You can talk about without being too crude. Uh Um, It's the just the alliteration of butt fumble is sort of rhythmic and poetic to speak. So everybody (laughs) loves to talk about it. You know, it's it's Mark Sanchez. It's the Jets. It's um, I honestly, for my money, I don't uh, I don't see the other thing, too. I think that's huge is that it was a fumble, right? It was a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Let's say Mark Sanchez rolls over and just recovers the fumble. I don't think this is quite the same thing. Um, and the Jets just for just fell apart after this play. Too. Right. So it was it was it was almost like a perfect storm of perfect storms that created butt fumble.
0: Right. So basically what we're saying is with the perfect storm anything that would try to rival it in you know years ahead would basically probably come across as a cheap imitation of the original
1: yeah or it'll be missing one or two elements right it'll it'll have it'll be a quarterback that people actually love and are rooting for or it it won't it won't have happened on thanksgiving when it's the only sporting event on television or um you know, it'll be uh, the it'll be the lower back fumble, which just doesn't have the same <laughs> <Yeah>. the Achilles <laughs> fumble. Exactly. But,
0: they, but also, to your point, that the the little the fine wine aging process to this is what you said about what happened to the Jets and essentially what happened to Mark Sanchez, where if he does the butt fumble and then next year he wins the Super Bowl and he wins one like two more years, two years after that. It uh, it does not have the legacy. Oh no. He's I'm telling you, he's
1: making a hundred million dollars doing uh boxer commercials. Uh you know what I mean? He's like the butt fumble has become a good thing and yeah, he's doing he's doing commercials for chairs and for seat cushions and for yeah, for boxer boxer briefs and um he turns this thing into a its own uh cottage industry. Yes, exactly. Um
0: he like, it's like a, an LLC, like Butt Fumble LLC, <laughs> annual profits of $24 million.
1: Yeah, and we'd be paying him right now to actually even do the Butt Fumble uh, podcast. But I do – I think one of the things you that uh, I think you were uh, alluding to is that the fact that the Jets, almost to a man, still have super thin skin about <laughs> this hilarious play has only – it's it's like PR 101. They It's only actually made people want to discuss it more. I mean, it's anybody who has big brothers um, who got picked on or, you know, the minute how, they- how, how
0: would you know about
1: that? <laughs> I mean, having having uh, three brothers, you know the minute you sort of drop your guard and admit that something's bugging you. Well, that just ensures that they're going to repeat it a thousand times a day. Of course it is. Um, until you lose your mind, and the same concept is going on with Butt Fumble. It's the fact that it still irks them um, enough that I would say half the Jets I reach out to wouldn't even like text me back to say no. They just went. They just I got ghosted, uh, especially by Brandon Moore, who you know instead of sort of cle- clearing up his good name, just was like I'm not. I'm not talking about it. I just. It's like the fingers in the ears going, la, 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 la. <laughs> it never happened.
0: No, which exactly where in our current political climate, we have seen various people in the past two to three years. Like the formula is, okay, you did something stupid or out of, or crazy. Please report to the weekend update desk of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so where they actually have you playing you, they'll write something like your maya culpa, and then everyone will write on Sunday, Wow, this guy knows how to laugh at himself. Moving on, and no one actually brings up what you did wrong anymore because no one cares.
1: Yeah, it's like once you let, once everyone's in on the joke, it sort of loses its, it's, you can't, once it's funny and everybody's laughing at it, it's not quite the dig anymore to Jets fans or Jets players. And I should be clear, too, that uh, while Mark Sanchez wouldn't talk this time, um, which I think is. In part due to the fact that he's the third quarterback with the Bears, and knowing Mark a little bit, I I bet he's kind of like you know it's not my place to to do this big butt fumble story when I'm just you know no one's supposed to sort of hear from me as the third quarterback. But right. I've talked to him at length before um, when he was in Philly, in particular, and, uh, about the butt fumble, about the legacy of the butt fumble, about the whole thing, and and I, he could not have been more sort of like self deprecating down to earth, no big deal, whatever. But the the rest of the guys are uh, they they're still pretty pretty irritated by even the mention of it.
0: Now, I know some people know about there's one more l- little from the stands there. I know people know about like the barrel guy from the Broncos and, you know, what the guy, the dog pound and the crazy people for the Raiders. Most people don't know w- if you could take us a little bit, what Fireman Ed, who he is and what he did and what he has done since regarding the butt fumble.
1: Yeah, this is another element to that perfect storm that I forgot. So I'm 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 glad you brought it up. But, you know, Fireman Ed is the guy who always sort of was in the stadium in New York um, uh, at the time was wearing a Sanchez jersey. And he's the guy who would lead, I guess, whether you love it or hate it, uh, that J E T S Jets Jets Jets.
0: Oh, I was sitting right near him once, and uh, in nineteen ninety six, and I yelled P A T S Pats Pats Pats. pats. <laughs> Oddly enough, not received well.
1: Yeah, um, and that doesn't uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Having... Yeah, he's
0: he's full throttle.
1: Yeah, uh, he takes himself and his role quite seriously. And, um, and
0: by that's... the way, don't forget, he's got the Jets fireman as a fireman. Yeah, he's got the full fireman helmet.
1: Oh, right. Right. Hence Fireman Ed. Yeah. They stayed Um, up
0: all night for that nickname.
1: Yeah. But um, I actually thought you want to talk about uh, nuclear fallout from the butt fumble. (laughs) Um, Ed was wearing I'm just going to call him Ed because I Uh, I feel familiar and I don't think he'd mind. No, you guys are close. Yeah. Um, Ed, Ed said that the abuse he was wearing a Sanchez jersey (laughs) and the abuse had become so great that he he left the stadium at halftime and retired his duties as the as the <laughs> Jets cheerleader. I mean, now that's that's really kind of sad and funny and just perfect all at the same time. And um, when I contacted him by text to uh, uh, to contribute to our oral history, he was he would have none of it. He just wouldn't even discuss it, which I just there's just something poetic and. And beautiful about that. And I have to tell you, both Rex Ryan, I thought this was interesting. Both Rex when I told Rex Ryan and um some some other media personalities in New York that Fireman Ed wouldn't contribute to the oral history, they both went after Ed pretty hard and were kind of <laughs> like, Oh, he's not a real fan, he's kind of a phony anyways. I was like taken aback by that. But wow. Rex Ryan especially was like that speaks to his character.
0: <laughs> uh, I hope Ed's not listening to this. He's going to get upset. Yeah, that does speak. it does speak volumes to, like, just, it was, it wasn't just, uh-oh, the butt fumble. There may be a chip in this foundation of this team that just had gone to the AFC title game two years in a row. It was as if somebody, the butt fumble was like the, de- like, his butt was like the detonator button to completely collapse, like, some ancient... <laughs> You know, Las Vegas Strip Hotel just down to the ground.
1: And I mean, the the thing is, though, you're it's you're not exaggerating. It literally his face goes into Brandon Moore's backside and the Patriots then score three touchdowns in the next 52 seconds.
0: Well, that was their third. They went up twenty one nothing. And that drive started off well enough. Like, you know, there was a fumble and then uh, Vereen Brady, Brady hits Vereen. He runs for like 83 yard touchdown to make it 14 nothing. Uh oh. Okay, we're still in this. Kickoff. Mark Sanchez starts out the drive great. First play, bam. First down on a pass play. Okay, and then what happens? Uh oh. I think a little miscommunication, and it went from we are now dry, we are now showing we have not momentum but mentally we are still in this and fighting to a complete thermonuclear explosion.
1: Yeah. And I think, um you know, the team rebounded and I think they won a couple of games after butt fumble, but essentially pretty much everybody who's an expert on about the Jets is like butt fumble was the end, basically the beginning of the end for Mark Sanchez as a quarterback and kind of the beginning of the end for... Um, especially those three touchdowns in 52 seconds against the Patriots. After talking so much junk for so long about how they were going to compete with the Patriots, it was basically butt fumble was the beginning of the end to Rex Ryan's coaching career in in uh, in with that franchise. And I mean, the Jets—they haven't been the same since. No, right? it's uh, they have not. Uh, exercise the deep yeah, pre,
0: pre, you can argue previous to the butt fumble with re- removing the butt fumble from that time since Mark Sanchez was the is the was the best last quarterback last best quarterback of the New York Jets yeah
1: his his statistics and I've thought this this was so remarkable I had to look it up when two or three people mentioned it that we talked to is that he's got the most uh, he has the most victories playoff victories of any Jets quarterback <laughs> And I think his key, and I think he has the most road playoff victories of any first or second year quarterback in maybe league history. Oh
0: yeah, no, yeah, that that is true. I I that one I did look up because I thought, wow, someone doesn't have a fact checker, and it turned out the fact poor fact checker was me because that <laughs> was true. But it but it was um, when you think about how though a month before to talk to, to by point of the complete. Standing structure, standing tall in the skyline, just imploding. A month before, in Foxborough, a place where, at that point, I mean, now, not as much. I mean, not always. But at that point, the Patriots were incredibly hard to beat in Foxborough. And the Patriots beat them in Foxborough a, a month prior. But they needed an overtime field goal to do it. Which, in some circles, at some points, I mean, that no one takes, like, moral victories. But that was... As much of a, as close to a moral victory or victory that most people get, even much better teams than the Jets get out of going to Foxborough. And that was, and then just a few, four weeks later, kaboom.
1: Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And I think you could see, um, and just in talking to people, it was kind of like it was, I think it was one of those situations where it was like, you know, well, we've hit rock bottom, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing else could go. this is it like we're cursed we've hit rock bottom we can't recover from this um it's over and i it's i really do feel like you could trace the whole um the current horrible era of the jets back to back to that moment where mark sanchez uh takes one wrong step and hits brandon moore's butt
0: i can't wait on the fit when they do maybe they'll you'll get a co-screenwriting credit when like Oliver Stone breaks this down and does a film on this frame by frame. And I
1: do one of the last edits we made to the oral history was this idea of uh, BBF and ABF, which (laughs) I'm hoping every football fan out there will divide their life into uh, before butt fumble and after butt fumble.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, it's one of those moments that if you grew up during it, you know, exactly where you were. Like I was eating pumpkin pie (laughs) Next to my parents. And uh, when it happened, we haven't been the same since.
1: And the other thing that we did that I hope maybe somebody listening can tell us, too, we couldn't determine the exact moment it became butt fumble.
0: Oh, Uh, that's right.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of the copy mentioned it as sort of lowercase butt fumble the next day. But by Monday, so that would be three days later, it was sort of officially uh, uppercase be uppercase F as it,
0: well as it should let's yes. be honest
1: I would have went all caps <laughs> I would have I would have yeah I would
0: and I would have contacted every technology company and say hey listen get your font guys on this we need a, a, a font only to be used by butt fumble genius Dave Fleming you have done the world a service with this piece I want to thank you for your time and wish you a happy Thanksgiving No, I'm sorry. A happy butt fumble to you and your family.
1: And I will see you in 50 years.
0: I'll be right next to you, buddy. Well, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to Double Truck Stories podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with more Double Truck Stories podcasts.